and I am recording and now uh, thou shalt go live in three two okay no it, it already hit the one well hello there hello. thanks for tuning in to another episode of all vibes on me podcast um, I am T or Big Yell T as everyone will soon be getting very familiar. Stay tuned for my vlog that's coming out. Tales with T. And uh the uh, other bitch is here. I am present during the presentation of the old vibe so I'm just kidding. Um I'm Poet Legend eighty seven. If you would like to check out the best poetry, you can definitely follow my page. Nigga People can hear that shit. I know. <clears throat> this is not what it was supposed to be. Who's listening? Let's see. Do we? Um, I think it was just the speaker. Uh, well, Perla, can like... you hear us okay? Shoot me a text. Let me know if everything's coming in loud and clear. I feel like the playback was coming out through my speakers. It should be fine, but just in case, let us know. Um, cause you know, this piece of shit computer doesn't, okay, she said it's fixed. This piece of shit computer does not allow me to do what I need to do. You know what, yo? Like, in all seriousness, Go I'm really now. gonna start Go a GoFundMe Because, listen, people start GoFundMe's for so much. People be like, trying to take a trip to Vegas, GoFundMe. Listen, listen, Trying listen. to tour the world, GoFundMe. Bitch, I'm trying to start, a, we're trying to start a business and a brand, bitch. GoFundMe. <laughs> I, ju- I literally just told Perla, I was like, T was kind of against it at first. So, I was joking about it. I wasn't really gonna make a good fun me. I was. I was gonna start one behind your back and just see how see how it went. I, I literally. But you just can't start it behind me. my back when you're trying to share it on social media, and I'm looking like go fund me for. Well, like, like I'm gonna make it and then just post it, and you just know. But that's, no, like seriously, you know. <laughs> like people are, you know, other brands in the city. Of course, they're well, well more established. Far more established, but other brands in the city have, you know, started GoFundMe's for sh- for stuff to relaunch lines, and you know, people do it all the time. So you know, I what? know someone who started. I, I know, know somebody who knows I know somebody. Stupid who knows motherfuckers somebody. in Pittsburgh that gave one of my exes. I mean, they gave somebody so, that I know. Perla said, and they get overfunded for irrational shit. I'll fund the fuck out of y'all. Y'all better. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! I gotta say that with a New York accent. Y'all better. Ah! my jersey new york accent how i do perla how i do <laughs> all right so really we just wasted three minutes <laughs> i'm cool with it i'm having fun now um so <laughs> how was my new york accent perla you gotta tell me like seriously i need to know um no but seriously like people get funded for for completely other stuff and if i had to she said, I did that, yes, since I did that New York accent or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, people get funded for so much less, and it's like, dang, like, I really am out here. She's working two jobs. I'm trying to get, get back on my, like, I've been working two jobs since I was younger, since I was 16. I don't want to work two jobs no more. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and now, mind you, I work two jobs to get by. That's what I'm doing right now. Right. I'm working and, two jobs to get and by. And before, when I was working two jobs, like, it, it did give me extra money. Um, I did have some kind of, like, play money or whatever, but I was working 70, 80-hour weeks. Like, who the fuck wants to work 80-hour weeks for you to not really be able to go out because you're tired and, and you know, 
And you know what I mean? Like, not be, you know, like, who wants to do that shit? So, yeah, bitch, fuck out of here. I'm about to get all the sympathy from everyone. Listen, I am a young, struggling black entrepreneur. I am going to try to copyright that and put that on t-shirts, by the way, black entrepreneur. And, you know, y'all could really see some magic happen if we had the proper equipment. Right. Y'all could really see some. This would be completely different if we had the right equipment. And by equipment, The right equipment, we could have Tiffany Haddish sitting with us. Yeah, fuck. Bitch, I'm telling you, there's nothing that would get in the way of, of anything. You know, but right now, like... Almost every episode, I'm having technical difficulties because my laptop doesn't have the ability to do what I needed to do. The microphone sound quality is great, but we kind of need microphones that, um, you know, give a better studio quality given the size of the room. And you have to, at all of that costs. And, you know, at the same time, wanting to live your life, wanting to travel. She's doing stuff for the magazine. I'm trying to start separate adventures, you know, separate things that I'm doing as well. So it's like, you know, you don't want to just work paycheck to pay, live paycheck to paycheck just to maintain. You want to try to live your life. If I go in the mall and I, and I see a pair of shoes, I want to be able to buy them too. Or, you know, if I want to get put out really good sound quality for a podcast, I want to be able to have the laptop and the microphones that are going to afford me that kind of quality. Like, so, you know, <laughs> it's a GoFundMe finna happen. Seriously, seriously, because the support would be would be helpful and appreciated and um you know it would just help us get no Perla that ain't always the case Mm-mm. she said anyone who supports y'all individually will support y'all support what y'all have going on that, that is that's not true not the case that, I have that would imply people to, to actually to support we we've gotten more support outside of our friends and our family than we have within I have so, gotten so much support from complete strangers right strangers who don't know me don't even have you know not necessarily don't have my bed best interest at heart but i've gotten so much more support from complete strangers than i have for people that i've known for years on end so i kind of let t take the reins of everything you know i'm a struggling tortured artist you know i just do the writing and the research the rest she she so do that GoFundMe thing, girl, because it was going to take me months to do it. <laughs> anyway, we got a lot to talk about today. There, So much has happened last week that, you know. So much shit happens, like, in 24 hours that it's like, how can we provide enough information and not overload the podcast and well, not well, drain ourselves at the same time? Well, when we got when we got more, uh, more of a following, we'll be doing this every day, right? No. No, no, no. I, I, I won't be doing no podcast shit every day. That's impossible. So, I don't know what kind of promises she's trying to give y'all, but no. Hell no. I still only get get to listen to other podcasts that are my favorite podcasts only once a fucking week. Now, unless I get a deal on the radio, that's different. You can see me every day between whatever time slot they need me on. Alright, so the first topic, we always do our, our segments, which is usually the first is news and celebrity gossip and then we have our main topics we pick one or two topics that are that are either buzzing throughout the week or something that we feel is prominent and then we'll have our music segment so for news and gossip we have a couple of things the first is is who bit beyonce i 
Unfortunately, I didn't bite Beyonce. But again, I'm not. I'm not a celebrity. I could care less who bit Beyonce. Um, Beyonce, in my mind, ain't getting bit. So this shit, whoever started the shit, was just for shits and giggles. Ain't nobody getting close enough to Beyonce to full on bite her. And she may not be the most ratchet. Oh no, of she ratchet. did. She did get bit. It's already been confirmed. She by who? She got bit. Confirmed by who? Though? Tiffany Haddish. That's why. Mm, that's why the whole gag order. Tiffany is. is, you know, I don't know how much validity is to that. Until Beyonce's people say. No, we got big. Hold on, it's let let me finish. It's everybody. It's so far, Sanaa has confirmed that she wasn't the one who did it. Um, Sarah Foster, she's one of the ones who's been accused because she was there as well. So it it is something that actually happened, but nobody will say the act- actress that did it. So Tiffany Haddish, she's under a gag order. They're all under gag orders because of the non disclosure agreements that they all. They all have. Every time you enter a, a Chris Brown anything, this is a non-disclosure fucking agreement. But, so, Tiffany Haddish described basically being at the party and the actress bit Beyonce in the face. And, you know, Tiffany reaction like, I'm gonna go whoop her ass. Beyonce was like, no, she's usually not like this. She's on drugs today. Just, you know, leave it alone. So, when she leaked the story... When she leaked that in whatever interview that she did, when she leaked the story, that's when everybody went crazy. The media so far has accused Sanaa Lathan, Taraji P, and they've accused Sarah Foster. Um, Sarah Foster. They, so far, everybody's denied it. I didn't. I don't. I didn't see what uh, Taraji said. Sanaa said it would be a love bite if she bit Beyonce, but. After she denied it, a story broke that Sanaa is the one that everybody protecting her. I mean, she might. She could She could have been on some trippy shit that day. Um, Sarah Michelle Gellar posted uh, an Instagram picture of herself in her Buffy the Vampire, vampire face or whatever. And she said, she's like, okay, I bit Beyonce. I thought that was cute. But Sarah Michelle Gellar, she's cute. Um... So, I mean... But it, it wasn't like... I mean, obviously, because it happened in December of 2017. Okay. It's just... It's just now coming... It's just now coming out now. Because Tiffany Haddish did that interview and sort of leaked what happened. So, obviously, Beyonce wasn't, like, scarred. <laughs> it was just more so like, okay, this drunk drug bitch bit me in the face. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. I don't know why I don't care enough that Beyonce got bit... Because if it was, like, some real shit, we probably would have saw... It, there would have been no way to avoid Beyonce beating some bitches' ass. Like, if it, was, if it was some real, she tried to take a chunk of my skin kind of bite. So whoever it was did some know, kind Beyonce, of weird-ass fucking nibble. I think Beyonce is way more passive than she is aggressive. Because... If so, not if it was sis- someone trying to take a chunk out of her face. I mean, her sister attacked her husband, and Beyonce just... She didn't even flinch. It just seemed like it was just a Wednesday to her. It seemed like <laughs> it seemed like he might have deserved that shit. 
Oh, that's probably why she was. No, like, I mean she. Sense. She could have been helping her sister. She's just passive. She could be. She could very well be. But I feel like if it, I feel like if someone was in your face and bit you hard enough to where they were trying to take a chunk out of your skin, even the most scared, timid, or passive of people is still gonna have to uppercut you in the fuck in the fucking chin, judo chop you in the throat, stab a temple, like push a temple, because bitch, you trying to take a chunk of my skin and sell it on eBay or something like. I don't understand, first of all, why you're even in my face, why you're this close, why your mouth is open on me, and why you, Sarah chose to bite, said. why you chose to bite me. That's what Sarah Foster said. She's like, it's, she's like, it's cute that people think I can get close enough to Beyonce to bite her in the face. <laughs> like, come on now. So, I mean, whoever it was, they definitely had to be off some trippy shit because no one just goes up to Beyonce in everyday like, casual conversation. That's, and that's what, I think that's what tripping me out about it is that who, who thinks to bite anybody in the face? The only person world? biting her is her husband, and it's probably not her face. And her face. But, like, who? Blue might try to do some little, okay, Rumi and what are the other ones, sir? And Rumi? Um, I think so. They're not old enough to bite anything, so. Who, who would think to, look, that's the thing, who would think to bite anybody in the face? Like, let alone Beyonce. It's like people. What was that? What was that drug that they used to say was? Oh, um, was gonna like make it was bath salts. Bath salts. People, you stupid motherfuckers. You know, maybe they was on some bath salts. Maybe they was trying to revive 2013, 14, whenever that shit was coming, rearing its ugly. Is this my water? Yes, because this one's mine. Um, but no, I mean, Beyonce got bit. I'm not really, you know. Cool. Not cool, but cool. But, so, I think the next thing I just wanted to point out, I mean, not that the black community isn't already aware, but that, of course, the officers, I just wanted to speak on the officers that that got off on killing Alton Sterling in Baton Louisiana. Um, it was announced uh, or late last week by the Attorney General... And I feel like as much as we hashtag ourselves, I think I think the media only remembers us. Like, we're just the hashtag. I think these people, uh, Blaine Salmonelli and Howie Lake, people should know their names. People should know their names so they know who this person is. Beware of this person. You can verbally target this person. You should attack this person. Who is this person? Instead of hashtagging us all the time, like these people need to be known. These murderers. The need murderers. To be known. Yeah. Because it's always the officers. They they hide them. It's just the media's way of hiding shit. It's kind of. I mean, the purpose of our hashtag, of course, is to just always, you know, bring awareness to the fact that another black man or woman has been taken away from us. And I definitely understand that aspect, but I do agree that, you know. The black community should remember officers because normally it's it's an officer. The officers at the tail end of this should also have their pictures painted everywhere. Should also be considered right because if the government isn't going to hold them accountable, we we should. Why not? So I do agree because you can't tell me and then anything about the the and then I guess. I don't know when it was actually released, but I just saw some footage like earlier, earlier in the middle of the week where, you know, immediately the officer had the gun out was like, I'm going to fucking shoot you in the head. 
Like, this was before things even escalated. He was already angry. He was already tense because he saw a big black dude who, without that badge, without that gun, and without that taser, would probably whoop your motherfucking ass. So, he was all... You said that... There's a video that that was like that that surfaced? Yep. Uh, I didn't see that one. Just this past week, it showed footage that... Has taken about what two years to be released. And of course, of course, Alton Sterling is the one that was pinned to the ground by two cops and shot at close range. In the video, I don't it give was a shit. Before he I, was even pinned, there's there's nothing that anyone can tell me that makes that death, that murder, justful. There's nothing about that situation. There's no kind of protocol that calls for him to be murdered like that. There's nothing that no one can tell me. In the video, it's before things even escalated when he's. When Alton is kind of wondering, like, what did I do for you guys to even be over here right. messing with me right now? The officers grab him, put him on the hood of a car, and while his head's on the hood of the car, the officer says, I'm going to fucking shoot you in the head. He has the gun pointed at his head and everything. I'm going to fucking shoot you in the head. He says it multiple times. And this Keisha, is... Keisha, there's, there's, some, there's some stories that, you know, get leaked of officers that are charged, like... Not everybody's getting away with it anymore. There, there are some very, very few stories. I, I have to admit, it's very few. Not, not as many as I needed to be for my, my comfort. I mean, I'm not comfortable around cops. And I don't like the Blue Lives Matters idiots that are like, well, not every cop is bad. Should I be risking my life to figure out which one is which? Um, I don't think so. So, no, I'm going to distrust this person in uniform because typically someone that looks like me doesn't survive the situation or ends up with charges for unnecessary reasons. So, so essentially, no, I don't trust cops. So essentially, to me, what happens is there are overly aggressive, um, probably timid men who had nothing else to do with their lives when they were children, but um, kill animals, yell at their mom, probably stab kittens, and. Then those people turned into right. police officers, and now That's- instead of stabbing kittens, they are now charging and terrorizing black people. Now the only difference is they have the law on their side to say, you know, he followed That's protocol. This is everything that happened. This is everything he did. Everything as standard as he was supposed to. Um, a lot of these officers don't even de-escalate anymore. You what, are you should be or have is- been trained to de-escalate. A lot of officers. Don't de-escalate anymore. You just see someone who's angry or upset or suicidal or homicidal and you immediately say, I'm not going to chase you. I'm not going to talk you down. I'm not going to do anything to defuse the situation. I'm just going to fucking shoot you. Or you're big and black. You look like a threat on any day in, in everyday life. You know, my great-great-granddaddy or my granddaddy or, or my father was a part of or is a part of the KKK. You know what? I got this badge on my side that says I can shoot the shit out of you and can't nobody tell me shit because, honestly, when I file this report and I give it to my lieutenant, this shit's going to go through. Y'all are going to pay me, give me some paid vacation off while y'all investigate this bullshit. I'll be back on my job in about two to three months and I'll kill another one of you motherfuckers. That's actually a real study. I don't know if people know this, but... Um Police officers mainly are people who bully or have been bullied. So uh, imagine the aggression, that, and that's a, that's a real study. Imagine the aggression that is naturally on the police force right now, just being a police force. You know, it doesn't include being put into situations where you actually have to think and be radical and not profile. There's no way that you can tell me that is that's a stable place for for it. There's nothing that we should trust about that. 
statistic alone, you're mentally unstable. You want to give, you know, you want giving a giving a victim a badge and a weapon is the worst thing you could do. Someone who remembers all the shit that people used to say to them when they were kids and how they were just defenseless and possibly might have gotten picked on by black kids, might have gotten picked on by Hispanic kids, might have been the, the, the frail, fragile little white boy in the corner who used to get beat the fuck up and people took his lunch money. It's quite possible. That kid turned into a cop. Right. And all that pent-up aggression and anger he has, he now has a badge and a gun and a taser and a baton and everything else on his side to fucking do nothing but terrorize these people. Or maybe it's not the victim. Maybe it's the predator. To give the predator someone who's already angry, who already is full of power, who already is, is usually too far gone to stop, now you give them more ammo. Now you give them a gun and a badge to protect that level of anger and that level of bullying and that level of terrorizing that they've always had. This shit, this shit is endless. We didn't, we didn't include it in the topics to talk about, but there was a protest going on for um, Stephon Clark, the one that we talked about uh, last week on the show, who was shot in his backyard. And I guess during the protest, a police officer decided that people were like walking in front of or around his car, whatever, while he was protesting. He ran over a protester, <laughs> 61-year-old black woman. But, but this man is not going to be named in the media, and he's probably going to get away with it. Why? Because he's he's a pig in, a in his car. He's a pig, and the government's the blanket. He said it. He, <laughs> he said it. He said it a few times, like uh, back away from the car, which I completely understand. You know, I completely understand telling people to back away from your vehicle. But these are these are pro protesters. Get the fuck off my phone, Michelle. I'm not what <laughs> you. The, <laughs> I lost in the face. And it literally. Oh my gosh! It keeps pulling up the line. Oh um, my god. But no, situations like that, you give somebody who's already angry, maybe he's struggling. You know, you give people who cops are too too emotional. And you have to be to an extent, but you also have to Are you recording me? No. Oh, okay, good. Uh, but you also have to take yourself out, don't. You also have to take yourself like the emotion out of it because you have to she be said, able but to run them over, right? A, and she was—I I don't know if she was black. I, I think I believe she was, but it was a sixty-one-year-old woman who was out there protesting. It was Stephon Clark, so I highly doubt she was white. Um, but it was a black woman. She suffered bruises. She fell on her hip and her shoulder, and you know she suffered in that in that way. So it's like when you give these people the ability to just terrorize people with no risk of consequences. It's, it's post-traumatic stress. Like, if you take... The statistic is that the people who are law enforcement are either were either bullied as children or were the bullies. And this post-traumatic stress thrown into the field. That's what it is, but they don't want to acknowledge that part. Hello, Tracy Darling. Um, I, I don't want to get too heavy on the negative topics because I, I really... As a black person, you can't help but to feel the social and racial injustices, like, emotionally. And it's, it's just so constant. So I don't want to always bring that to the podcast. That's why I always try to talk about it quick, because it's just like, 
It's already it's already weighing on us. We can see it. It is a it is a it is something that does happen in everyday life. It is something that we do have to. Um, I don't I don't I don't think it's anything that we have to accept. I think it is. Oh, no. I think it is something at this point that we have tried. Um, I told we this, have tried routes of we have tried routes of kind of being like low key, trying trying to abide by the law and trying to be somewhat peaceful. But I feel like you know, Malcolm X was when you think of examples between Malcolm and 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 Martin Malcolm X seemed to be the more less talky more dewy but until, there until were also sides years. there were also sides of Martin too he he spoke of peace he spoke of wanting to have you know where where we could all be free and be equal to one another but he, but he also but he also had he also had his moments where he was like, I'm not going to deal with this shit. I ain't putting up with this shit. And now I got to be less of a peaceful Martin. I think, and I, I think need people... you to see the other side of Martin. So I feel like at this point in time, we've done enough protesting. The thing is about it is I feel like the, the deeper message that comes from all this is we have to help ourselves. We can't expect everyone to help us. We can't expect the government to protect us because the government was never, the government was never put in place to protect us. The police force was never ever supposed to protect us. That is not what the police force started off as. So they were never put here to protect us in the first place. That is what the Black Panthers were here for, to defend against the police force. So I feel like at this point, we have to help ourselves. And that helping ourselves is not just, it's not just taking things to, to uh, you know, protest and, and the city council meetings. It's not just that. Helping ourselves is also establishing establishing ourselves, uh, becoming more independent, uh, funding ourselves, and you know, supporting ourselves overall, and basically honestly, rebuilding Black Black Wall Street. To me, is also another aspect of overcoming what we have. Because let's let's be honest, money is power, and at this point, we do have the money, but we don't have the power. And a lot of things would be different if we forced them to be. That's that's how I look at it at this point. We've done a lot of praying. We've done a lot of protesting. We've done a lot of peaceful things that get overlooked and overshadowed and it just becomes a hashtag and a face on a t-shirt and, you know, then it happens again in another few weeks or maybe a few days. At this point, we have to take another route. And I, I, I'm, I'm getting sick of this shit. A, a black man was killed in his own damn backyard without a chance to explain anything a black man was killed while selling CDs in front of a shop that he was given permission to sell the CDs in front of by the person who owns and runs the shop. I'm, I'm just, I'm just getting, a woman got basically killed for not putting out a cigarette. I, I, I'm, you know, the peaceful protests, it, it's just, you know, it's, it's too far gone at this point. That's because there are a group of people that still believe in a nonviolent revolution. And I completely understand that. I don't, I don't need, mean that we have to be violent. Violence is not necessarily the only alternative. But not putting up with people's shit does not mean that we have to just go breaking windows and shattering glass and shit. That's not what that, that's not what that means to me, at least. Honestly, I feel like the problem is, at this point, um, African Americans, it's, it's the issue not only with unity, but security. We have to find a way to secure ourselves, to protect ourselves. And, you know, with limited gun laws and, you know, you know, mass incarceration still exists. And, you know, of course, naturally they're killing us on the streets and, and you know, it's okay. You just get to go home and enjoy your dinner. But we need a way to protect ourselves and as a community. 
And that was the Black Panther Party. It was dismantled. KKK is still around, but, you know, Black Panther was dismantled. They killed our leaders and imprisoned them as well. So, not as well, but some of them. And I feel like, you know, of course, we always have been a threat. But I feel like at this point, we live in a day and age where, especially 2017, 2018, this is, this is the year of the black woman. If you haven't noticed, 2018 is definitely 100% the year of the black woman. And I feel like at this... There's a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of a lot of women in Hollywood. And I feel like at this over. point, we just need to invest into ourselves. We need to use the connections, make the connections. Instead of wanting to be crabs in a barrel, we need to build each other up. And, you know, when you get support from, from your own people, you will see how far you can actually go. We don't need white money to get what I mean, we look need. At the we impact. don't need white support to get where we need. And imagine, you know, your everyday black person, you know, black woman, black man, your everyday person on the street being able to contribute and, and, and contribute and help a cause of, of bringing more attention and bringing more justice to these situations. The shit would happen a lot less. The more power we gain, to me, honestly, the way that I feel, the more power we gain, the less this shit would slide. Period. I think what people don't want to realize is, like, for example, take the impact of Black Panther alone. The movie? Yeah. The the movie, of course, greatly impacted the, the black community and broke amazing box office records. But Black Panther is Marvel. And who owns Marvel? Right. It's not us. Right. And that's the prime example of what the black community is right now. We have all this greatness. We have all, all this potential all this no one can make money no one can you know have the products that make money the way the black people create that's our dance our architecture our our media our writing our paintings no one does it the way but african americans do it but it's always someone else funding it and it's always someone else profiting and that's the real problem because black panther was the shit but it still belongs to marvel and we've always been, um, we've always been entertainment for white people. We've always been entertainment for white people. We've been entertainment in sports. We've been entertainment in music. music. We've been ever- entertainment in acting. We've been entertainment, you know, in, 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 in live music. We've been entertainment. We've given them some of the best food that they will ever fucking have. <laughs> we have... Chris said we taught them how to season. <laughs> we have given... We have given white America so much of ourselves and so much of our culture, and they have always profited I, I from this. I would say given. I would definitely put taken. They, the white America definitely has taken it. Well, I agree, but they they they've good, always good. they've always. But it's not just taken; it, it's given because you know, black people like we have the ability to start our own leagues to start our own like we have that ability you know of course celebrities and stuff have have a have a higher chance and a higher ability of doing said things but you kind of just go with the flow we have the ability to start our own fucking you know parades protests events and national holidays we the, have the flow still in jim crow times the i i love my people i love everything about african americans but I also understand wholeheartedly the the current mindset. We uh, most of the culture is still in a Jim Crow mindset. I have to have the things that the white man has. Um, I have to 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 bow to to make make sure I don't surpass 
the white man. I have to do the things the way the white man does it, or or I'm not a man. So we've always been in these predicaments where we could help ourselves, but we choose not to. And it's because we choose not to because, like, there's always that saying, like, keeping up with the Joneses. And, you know, I, I feel like I, I say, you know, you're not trying to keep up with the Joneses. You're trying to keep up with the Jankowskis. Like, you're trying to keep up with Susan and Dave and little Timmy and little Rebecca. Like, you're trying to keep up this family image, white picket fence. You know, you're trying to live... The life I that society has, sense. you're trying to live this life that society has told you is beneficial to you when honestly, that white woman and that white man ain't thinking shit about you. They don't give a fuck about none of their life that you're trying to imitate or none of their life that you're trying to have. They could give two shits about you and you're trying to model and live the life that they live. You want the pearls Jan has, you want the car Dave drives, like that's what has been instilled in society and you know rappers I feel like uh, music has a lot of influence over over that image you know it's not just rappers it's pop stars it's you know it's everyone everyone portrays this whole bad bitches and yachts and and and, and watches and 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 you know gotta have some some foreign little light skin shorty you gotta like these things have been ingrained in us over years and it's like um, at some point we have to help ourselves so I, I'm tired of I'm personally tired of just hearing uh, all the ways that we won't do or we can't do things, and, and I'm ready to hear. I'm ready to hear the solutions. That's it. All right. So I want to quickly touch base on you know Chris Brown wrapping his hands around somebody next. I mean I don't know about y'all, but you know I can I can go for a choke. I can go for a choke. Um, it honestly it looked playful, but a lot of the a lot of the media sites are only posting the ones that look aggressive. But there's like there's so many different pictures. There's even one where he's like laying on her. There's one where he still has his hand around her neck. And it's not like he's not choking her. He's literally resting his hand on her. And they're both laughing. She's fucking laughing. A woman in distress and a woman is being choked is not she either, you know, letting you know she liked that shit, which that's what it looked like in the picture. But the point of that is this man cannot catch a break. It doesn't matter what he does at this point. Ever since the Rihanna situation, everything he does, just like Joyner Lucas said, he could put out the the best rap album that you've ever heard, better than your favorite rappers, and, oh, but he's a woman beater. That situation was an altercation that both of them participated in 10 years ago, and they were both fucking children. I need media to let it go. Mind you, he has proven multiple times about his, his anger issues, but... When's the last time you actually seen Chris Brown do some shit? I'll wait. The media will never let that go. Um, of course you know, not. But Rihanna has moved on. But it's it's but she'll always be the woman who got her ass beat by Chris Brown. Right. Like it, it regardless, it, that's not an image that he'll ever shake. Period point blank. Bobby Brown right. never shook the crackhead image and the the beaten Whitney image. Whitney never shook the whole her doing drugs. Like it, it's once 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 you know, you give America a juicy topic to hold on to. It's it's forever and always until right. And 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 the more money he makes, <laughs> the the more they follow him everywhere. But then you do also, and and I'm not saying that everyone's uh, feelings are not valid because you do have women who are who, who are victims of domestic violence and, and right, absolutely who are never going to want to support him because they were in that situation. They were absolutely. that woman. So you know, you're always going to have different sides of the different sides of the coin. It just depends on on how you tend to look at it. I tend to look at it as yes, he did make a very huge 
fucking disgusting mistake. But I never doubted, to me personally, although there was not much talk about it, I never doubted at at any point that, not saying that she brought it on herself, but not saying that she did not contribute to it as well. So I never said, I never thought at any point, you know, you know, island women have a stereotype to them that they are crazy as shit. And I have seen it firsthand and they like to, they're not just crazy. (laughs) They will chop you the fuck up. They don't want to just hurt you and hurt your feelings and burn your clothes. These women will burn you in the clothes. Like, it wasn't just And it's just just a stereotype that's been stuck to island women. So aside from them being young and in love and drinking and everything being in the, in the scenario and the situation, you know, people get too passionate, drink a little too much and shit comes out of the closet and shit that you wanted to say from two days ago that you never said, like who knows what the, how it all festered and everything. Um, but you, I like how the media calls it an attack. Like as if that he was just sitting there and he just savagely, you know, ripped her eyeball from her socket. And that, that that is not what happened. So and that's and that's in his documentary, which came out last year. She hasn't denied anything in it, so I'm assuming that's what happened. Not that she wants to rehash all that shit anyway, because it's not like a woman wasn't abused in this situation. But they were both children. They were both um, drinking. They were both in a position to have all everything at their feet. Like he said, it comes with a lot of power. They're both rock stars with a lot of power right now. And when you have somebody that's punching you while you're driving, and apparently at some point she grabs his testicles, it wasn't an attack. It was an altercation. There's there's a difference. He didn't, you know, stab her in the face. Now the 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 problem that I have is is you know he although you know he is young, you know you are you are uh, um, you are basically an example of your environment. And you know he was raised. Nothing around, about it. Is, he was is raised around that. Nothing um, about it. Oh yeah. He, you know he's he's seen it firsthand from from childhood. His mother and you know he talks about stuff in depth in his documentary. However, you know it doesn't negate the fact that although she is a woman, although she did grab his dick and suppose I think she like bit him and was smacking him, tried to grab the steering wheel. Like there was a lot of shit that she, that he said that that happened in that car that was completely uncalled for. Everything but as a man, fucked. you know, as a man, he's still black out because that wasn't just a regular I'm defending myself kind of ass whooping he beat the shit out of her so it doesn't that is what he's never going to be able to get rid of Mm -hmm. it's not going to be the fact that Chris you have enough money you could have got the fuck out of that car and could have walked away people are always going to have that perspective Chris you could have pulled over and you could have bear hugged her and you could have you know mushed her in the face and you didn't have to at that but he blacked out as a young man who's been drinking, who has been... You you are a product of your environment. He's been around abuse. He's been drinking. They're in the middle of a fucking argument. She's biting, scratching, grabbing dicks. He blacked out and beat <laughs> her ass. There's more than one dick. He, he, more than one dick grabbing. He blacked out and he beat her dick. And he beat her ass. Like, you, you can't get around that. So, I he's say never it. gonna let... He's never gonna lose that image. James Brown died with an image... Bobby Brown is gonna die with an image. Whitney Houston, she died with an image. Like, there's certain shit that you're never gonna shake. Right. Once you go wrong, my, once you do one thing wrong, that's it. My thing is, nothing about the situation is excused. Nothing about what he did to her, what she never. did to him. Nothing about nothing is ever excused. I would never ex- excuse any of that. I know women that have been ab- abused. 
my thing with media, my issue with media is to make the situation into something that it wasn't. Not that it's excused. Like, just don't make the situation into something that it wasn't. Well, at this point, regardless of what he says in a documentary, it's been a very long time since any information on his part has come out. At this point... He came out with Freaky Friday. At this but, point... But um, uh, at this point... Um, America has already formed their opinion. So it doesn't matter what he put out on his documentary. Long before he put that documentary out, he never spoke out. There was never any speaking out. There was only speaking out from Rihanna's end. So long before he put out this documentary, everyone in America's mind was already said that he's an abusive man. Right. He's a, And, you know, there are a lot of women that, you know, when I share shit about Chris Brown or I, you know, kind of stand for this man, there are a lot of women that, that are like, you poor, confused little girl, you know, you're supporting an abuser and you know I feel bad for you that you're supporting him and you're giving him your money and oh hell no you know, I did not I don't want anybody I, to think that I support what he did to no 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 supporting oh. him is how you're supporting what he's done yeah, that's how that's, everyone, how, that's how people do so, it so but in part it is true cause in part you're saying you know he did some fucked up shit I forgive him but that fucked up shit never leaves his past. Like, you, you right. know, you it, it always stays there. So in part, you not supporting him beating the shit out of someone, but you're saying, yeah, I mean, he did kind of beat that girl up. Yeah, it was fucked up. He did his time. He paid his dues. I do still support him. He was young, whatever your, your reasoning may be. The rest of America had already formed their opinion way long before he came out with this documentary. I feel, so like, I feel like it was long overdue. Like, He's- it was, I think, I feel, I feel, like, he waited too long because although domestic violence, you know, most of the time is perceived to be, like, men hitting women, women do some crazy shit, too. But I feel like he waited so long and he didn't want to hurt her more than he had already hurt her physically and mentally. It wasn't that just he, that. He said in a documentary, it, it, was a, a, it was an opinion that he had formulated of himself. Despite what, despite what people you know, think about him. And again, of course, it was way more traumatic for Rihanna because she had this this dude hit her in the face. Like, But he went through his, his issues with it as well because he became depressed. He reminded himself of the man that he was trying to run away from that had been abusing his mom for so long. So he, all he said, he said he saw himself after that, that situation. So... The reason I feel like he didn't he didn't necessarily wait for so long. It just took him a long time to not see himself as a monster. I mean wait I mean waiting so long to come out with what happened. Right. Not who he was or or, you know, what he accepted of but to to speak his side of the story. Cause it because at this point, you know, unless you're like a true fan of Chris Brown, none of the rest of the world gives a fuck about what he said in that documentary because years ago when she got her ass beat and she was talking to Oprah and she was talking to Eon Ludd, she was on, you know, she was going on these tours and she was making this money after, you know, crying and breaking down. At that point, Rihanna won America. That was it. She, that was it. Like, so at this point, nothing that he said, unless you're like a true fan of his, nothing that he said could stop that opinion opinion that you have of him. Regardless of if she had fault in it or not, everyone's going to be like, oh, no, he should have did. He he could have walked away. He right. could have pulled over. He, 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 his, he said his mindset was just, that's how he took responsibility. He said he didn't want, he said his in his mind, he was taking responsibility the way he, the best way he knew how, was just owning up to it, doing his time, doing whatever, and 
And her as well. So at this point, you know, it doesn't matter what Chris Brown does. You know, if he is out at a grocery store one day and he and royalty's doing some shit she's not supposed to and he spanks her ass, he's going to be an abusive father. It does not matter. At that point, right. he is Chris Brown, the abuser, or the, you know, domestic violence. However you want to tag it into his name, he will always be that. Bobby Brown will always be Bobby Brown the crackhead. Right. James Brown will always be James, James Brown, the sexually offensive, kind of rapey, crackhead James Brown. Like, you, you will always, you know, he, Bill Cosby he, ain't going to shake that shit. Jim, um, Bill Cosby, he's not gonna shake being uh, basically a rapist. Like you're not. Th- this is it. When you die, everyone's like, "Oh, you remember the Cosby Show?" Da, 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 da. Yeah, but you remember he raped all the women and was drugging people, dropping drinks and Mickey's and drinks and like. You're, he's always gonna have that, regardless of everything else he's ever done. He is a rapist or a sexual abuser, and Bill Cosby will go down for that. Chris Brown will always go down with being an abuser. So it doesn't matter if he's playing, play fighting, joking. Don't let him, you know, like I said, don't let him be at the grocery store or somewhere out with royalty and she's showing her ass and he got to be a dad and really, you know, discipline her because now he's going to be an abusive father. That's going to follow him everywhere. Well, to end that note, he seemed like he's just already content with just like, okay, this is what the world thinks about me. So y'all can think that I'm going to live my life. He still has support. It doesn't matter. He still has the support. He made a huge fucking mistake when he was younger. A huge mistake. And then a going to times follow after, him after. And people call him a woman beater. No, he has anger issues. He fights everybody. He fought Drake. He fought some man and, and that came up to him asking for a picture. But it's just worse when it's a woman. Yeah. Because, you know, of course, women were looked at to be, you know, not as strong as a man. We don't no, that's not what I'm strength. saying. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not negating the fact that it was a woman that he hit. No, no, no. What I'm, I'm saying, saying it's is, always, people are always going to say woman beater because women are looked at to be more weak. We can't take the hits like another grown man would be. Like, you know, of course, it would just be anger issues if he was just fighting people. Because that's what everybody says about Kanye. Kanye always fighting some paparazzi, random niggas, wherever. If they if he feel like they disrespected him or Kim or North or whoever, they say Kanye got anger issues. But that's because, you know, there's never been a, a, a tablet about, you know, Kanye whooping Kim's ass or nothing like that. Right. The only reason he's oh, called a yeah. woman beater yeah. is because he, he has gotten physical and, and actually beat a woman. It's not just an anger issue anymore. He's he's right. a woman beater. But, you know, the second that, you know, Kim come out of her house with a black eye, they're going to be like, oh, well, Kanye's a woman beater. He's whooping her <laughs> ass. So, you know, it's once, right now, it's anger issues for Kanye. Or it's anger issues for whoever when it comes, you know, when a woman comes to play, then that's when you get another thing attached to you, another stigma attached, attached to you as a woman beater. Okay, I want to talk about black love. Or not. I thought we had... There was something that I wanted to talk about, but I can't remember what it was now. Oh, Fabulous and Emily. Well, yeah, so... Fabulous, he, he threatened niggas. He knocked her, her teeth out. No. no, it didn't say anything about him hitting her. Um, basically, yeah, yeah they, they said he knocked... He, like, weeks ago, he, he knocked her two front teeth out. Oh, no, I didn't... That's not the story I was looking at, but... So I didn't, I didn't read into that. I just saw that um he was arguing with her dad because i guess her dad was in his house and he didn't want him there for whatever reason that's why doesn't dive into okay so he didn't want him there 
And in the video, you know, he's calling him. They're going back and forth. He's the dad's telling him he all kinds of ain't shit. Fab's telling him he's all kinds of ain't shit and what they would do to each other and blah, 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 blah. What I noticed in the video, and the only thing that really caught my eye, two grown, two grown men arguing, I could give two fucks about. But at some, at one point in the video, Fab goes to walk over to Emily and, and he's angry and aggressive. And he's like, why you have him in my house? And she runs. She, she doesn't just back up. She, she runs around she runs the car. And she screams. She runs around the car and she's like, that's, you know, he's my dad. Like, that's why he's there. But she's, she, when he walks up on her, she like runs around the car. So she's getting her ass beat and, you know, finding out that he knocked out her teeth completely explains everything because her behavior was dad save me fab stay away from me so he her father and her brother were there to retrieve guns from fabulous she asked her father and her brother to come there so that they can get the guns because she felt like fabulous was about to do something to her that's the story that i read on multiple different sites are releasing this story that that fabulous hit her weeks ago and because of that incident, she started to fear for her life and asked them to come get the guns. And when they, when he, Fabulous came home and couldn't find his guns, the art, the altercation that is released on TMZ is what ensued. Basically, you hit my daughter a few weeks ago. That's why he's calling you a coward. And and I mean, you know, they're going back and forth. And you know, I've always been, I've always been a supporter of Fabulous. Like. He's a really underrated rapper, but I don't think he loves her. I I never felt like he had any type of love for her. Now you're just a pussy. Like I fuck with Fab's music, but I don't know that. I mean, Fabulous. What the fuck did you think her dad was gonna say? I don't know that you can, as a man, like, okay, Chris Brown owned up to what he did. I don't know that you, as a man, can be mad at her family for trying to protect her. Right. That is some pussy nigga shit. That's some straight coward pussy shit. Because how are you possibly mad at her family for coming to protect her? Now, that's some real abuser type stuff because he's mad at her for that's some Ike Turner shit like he don't feel bad at all that's some Ike (laughs) Turner shit he's mad at her for wanting to leave or wanting to have her family there for her safety or coming to take shit out of the house that she feels like she could possibly get shot or popped from yeah that's That's some real Ike Turner you in the Ike Turner category now if you look at the history of Emily and Fabulous, like, it took him years to even claim that he was with her, years to even be seen in public with her, and even when you do see them together, he always, he always looks like Jasper from Twilight. He always looks in pain whenever they take pictures together, like, he doesn't, like, he's just being forced to take this picture. That's what he always looks like. He does not love that woman. He he's, has never loved that woman. He's always been, she's always been surrounding him or in the public eye with him because she was his stylist but he never for her storyline on love and hip-hop when she came on the show when she was with chrissy 
was basically that she was being disowned by this man. Like, I'm not just his stylist. Y'all see me all the time around him and with him. We have a whole child together. I'm his woman. But, you know, he's out dating other women. He's going on dates. You see him in pictures with other women. And he's traveling and got, you know, hoes around him. Her storyline on Love and Hip Hop was basically the, I don't know, the the sad side woman. Yeah, I, don't when, even, it I was hated just, watching it. It was her. just a, it was just such a depressing storyline because she was just always crying about how Fab didn't want to. And he made no wanna, appearance on the show. They wasn't gonna pay him enough for him to pop up. Um, she always cried. He didn't claim you for like three seasons. About you how were alone. She was just gonna move on and she was gonna give him another chance and we was gonna work on it and then she's crying again and then she's moving out and now she's getting her own place like that her storyline was so fucking sad and it was just I used to I'm fabulous as baby's mama so sorry I'm also his stylist and he don't fucking claim me for the world to know and like that was literally her storyline literally um Perla said I can't help but wonder if the children have witnessed worse and if so, how often they have done so? Oh, probably. Mm-hmm. Usually the kids are right there. That's, that's, you are a product of your environment. I, I fully articles. and wholeheartedly believe that's why, you know, a lot of people are the way that they are. You know, it, it explains a lot for Chris Brown. You do become a product of your environment. It, how you're raised, what you see is what you turn into and what you become. So if you see a whole bunch of black excellence, positivity, and, you know, your family is the type of family when you guys get mad about something, y'all sit down and talk, there's no abuse, there's nothing like that, then that's what you're going to grow up to be. If your family is very violent and abusive and you see those kinds of things around you all the time, that's what you're going to be. So, I, of course, I, I assume that the, the kids are probably always around because when you are in situations like that, these grown people don't care about the kids seeing it. Perla, one of, one of the articles that I read, yeah, it said that one of the kids was there in the TMZ video. You can't see the kid, but you can hear a kid scream. It wasn't just Emily who screamed. There's there was a child that screamed in the video too. So you know, seeing seeing all this this craziness and negativity is is pretty depressing. But um, on a lighter note, I'm sure we'll we'll dive into and see more of that story surface. So stay tuned because. TMZ is always on it. Um, on a more fun note, I um would like to discuss Black Love, and I think our our main topic is Tiana Taylor and um Iman Shumpert. Is that how you say his name, Shumpert? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, not as much enunciation on the Shumpert, the but Shumpert. yeah, Shumpert, 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 Shumpert. Shumpert. Okay, so. <laughs> Um, oh my gosh. So I didn't know that they were even having a reality show until probably like a few, maybe like a month before it came out. I was like, oh. First of all, she, I remember Keisha's Facebook status, Keisha, when they were talking about how Tiona Taylor bounced back from her pregnancy. Keisha was like, witchcraft. (laughs) She went back. But you have to realize, Tiona Taylor is a dancer. She dances all the time. She she has told, she has said in so many interviews that she doesn't go to the gym. She don't do all that extra stuff. She literally just dances. Well, and that, you know, the kickboxing thing that was in her video. But um, her and Iman, collectively, um, they're actually worth a little under 
20 million. I wonder how much they're getting paid for this VH1 special. It's not a lot, but it's a it's a platform. I mean, it's a lot, but right. it's 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 not like big numbers, but it's it's a platform. Um Tiana Oh, Tiana. I've been a fan of Tiana for quite some time. What's crazy is people she, are people are saying a lot of the articles that I read, they were saying like she's best known for the video that she did for Kanye. I'm like I mean, that's when white America started to pay attention to her, though. Uh, and that, and the, okay, and that makes not, more but, sense. But, but regardless, just think about it like this. Regardless of who it was, you were the entire video for Kanye West. Kanye did not pop up or show up in that video not once. His music played, mm-hmm. but... But all we saw was... Tiana in just the sexiest gym wear and you know what you abs and ass with tiana taylor you can't even say like you know oh my gosh she has a nice ass oh my gosh she has amazing breasts she literally everything is just perfectly exactly flawless just it's flawless so you know that's but then it premiered the they did the world premiere after some award show i want to say i think it was um the vmas so i that you know while millions of people are watching then that's you know then that's when they drop the video of her gorgeous glistening sweaty amazing beautiful body and her husband, all, of, all over the screen so her husband was in the video with with her if y'all haven't seen it their chemistry is just sickening it makes you want to fall in love and run away so i have been watching i know people have been watching tiana taylor since sweet 16 I remember. I didn't even see that shit. I remember this was this had to be like two thousand eight, like maybe if not before that or a little bit after that. Tiana Taylor has been making music for quite some years, so there was a song that Taylor was until Marvin's room. There was a song that she did that was absolutely terrible, and basically. She was just saying, the song was called Google Me Baby. And I remember, like, my friends used to hate me because I used to walk around and, the, and there's a part in the song where she's like, Google Me Baby. And that's exactly how she says it. So my friends would hate me because all day in school, I would just be walking <laughs> around like, Google Me Baby. And I remember my friend Samantha was like, we will never be friends again if you say that shit one more time. Like, that's how played out it was. It was a terrible song. But it was Tiana Taylor, and I loved her from very early on. So I didn't give a fuck what music she put out. I was going to support it. So to see her grow over the years, to see what she's become over the years, to be taken more seriously with her music, to be taken more serious with her fashion, to be taken more serious with her dancing, it's an amazing thing to see. And then I remember seeing her do an and interview she sat with, with um, I think it was Wendy Williams, and she was talking about how when she first met Iman, she didn't like him. Like, she didn't want him when she first met him. And she was just like, you know, you you a young, corny nigga. I don't got time for it, basically. And over the course of them talking and him her getting to know him, he won her over. Like, they started out as friends and, you know, kind of started spending more time. And, you know, he won her over after after a while. Like, you know, so him being a basketball player and having all this fame and his stardom didn't matter to her, first Can of all. bring me some Because she was raised in that. Tiana, Tiana didn't give a fuck about none of that fame, none of that popularity, because she, she was raised in that so there was nothing flashy about him that he could have that she was just like oh I'm attracted to you because of that and she was like I wasn't playing hard to get she said I really did not like him (laughs) like and so to see something blossom from nigga you don't got no chance to marriage and a baby and they look like 
They look... They look like the next black power couple. Exactly. Like, I feel like what they're going to become is Jay and Beyonce. Like, that, that's... Of course, he's he's not in music, but he's and a... He's, 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 a, he's a, a, a power... He'll be effective in the power couple in his own way, on the athletic side. He's not a Jay-Z, he's not a rapper, but he needs he needs a different uh, a different position though. He's not because from what I'm understanding, he he doesn't he hasn't like broken any records or anything. He's just on the basic like he plays, but you know, he like fourteen mil. He's, um I mean that that was his contract. He I want to say uh, he was on well, the, when yeah, they won the. He he has a ring, so he won a championship at, at this point. So you know that adds to his value. But of course, he's young. He has mm-hmm. so many more years to kind of build and keep growing. So right there, and they're so to I, see such young, like they're young, pretty much almost around my age. They're both young. They're that's that's what I wanted to point about about black love. You can uh, black love is intense chemistry there it's fashionable y'all just two motherfuckers who enjoy each other thoroughly who look fucking good they, that's and they what don't is, that's black love and the, it, it what i like is is kind of like what you see like of course reality tv everything is going to be scripted to for the most part like where you go and some of the stuff that y'all argue about and li- like little shit like that does get scripted but you can tell that She's just being herself around him and he accepts her wholeheartedly and vice versa. Like, Mm -hmm. you can tell that she's not putting on a show. She is very extra. She is very aggressive. She does have, like, she's being Tiana. She's a tomboy. He says she's a tomboy. She is, absolutely. She's always been the baggy jeans, sneakers, sweatboys, (laughs) or sweatpants kind of girl. Like, she's always worn that shit. But, he... You know, her being in a fucking sweater and some sweatpants and some sneakers doesn't deter him from thinking his wife is still sexy as hell. She could be wearing whatever and you can still see how much he's still in love with her and how much he's still captivated by her presence and just seeing them together. Like, um, there was a scene on the show that we watched and they're headed somewhere. They're in a van and I guess he's always hot so he always has AC on. My guy. And uh, she's always cold. I'm Tiana. So he... I'm cold as shit right now. At some point, I guess, they were just playing around and messing around. And he was like, you get one Oompa Loompa wig. Because she had an orange wig on. You get one Oompa Loompa wig and you don't know how to act or something like that. She snatched her wig off. Mind you, this is all being recorded on camera. She got her wig cap on. She snatched her wig off starts whooping him with the wig. And she was like, fine, did you want to talk about my wig? Do you want to switch? And this man literally put on an orange bob cut wig. Mm-hmm. And she put on his hat and his do-rag. Like, you can just see the level of playfulness and happiness and, like, overall joy when you look at them. Like, that is a... They for, actually, for people who are young and in love, that is... You know, everybody says goals, 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 goals. And I try not to make anybody my goal because you don't know really what goes on in these people's lives behind closed doors. But as far as it goes for an image or a depiction of how comfortable and how in love and how, you know, enthralled with your with your fiance or husband you should be, Tiana and Iman 
Tiana and They are all of that. They exude passion and chemistry. And that just with their aura alone, as a couple, they exude passion and chemistry. And they're good parents. They're great parents. Like, you know, even at a young... And their daughter actually really does look like a mixture of the two of them. I I, like that she has his name, though. I can't see just... Like Tiana, I can't see just the dad. Like I, I can literally see. Like yeah, that's him there. Yeah. Um, I like that. You know, even at a young age, although you know, grandparents always try to give their grandbabies whatever they want. He's still very strict about what she eats. She's a baby, and she's gonna want candy, and she's gonna want sweets and stuff like that. But she's not really gonna know what it is until it's introduced to her. So there right. was like a scene. Where, like, they're in the grocery store because she wanted to spend time. And she was like, you know, we barely get time to spend together. And, you know, so I want you to come grocery shopping with me and the baby. And she's the, uh, they call her Junie. But she does have her dad's name. Um, her name is um, Iman. And uh, she has actually his full name. She's a junior. The baby is a junior. So she mm-hmm. has his whole name. And there's a point in the, in the Did grocery store. Did you know they got married? In, in the bathroom? The, in fr- yeah, in front of the mm-hmm. bathroom. I thought that was... Of where they... Because he delivered his own daughter on the bathroom floor in their house. Like, and, they, and then they got married in front of the bathroom. I thought that was just so unique. Um, but there's a point in the grocery store where, like, she's eating a marshmallow. The baby's eating a marshmallow. And he's looking at how big this marshmallow is and how little his daughter is. And he's like, all right. She's munching on it, munching on it. And at some point, he does what a dad does. He grabs the marshmallow. He has, like, papers in his hand. And he starts, like, waving the papers in her face to to immediately distract her from wanting this goddamn marshmallow. marshmallow. He took her marshmallow. But that's, you know, that's his daughter. And that's sugar. And she's a baby still. You know what I mean? So he's still a, he's still a very active and present and conscious dad about what his daughter does, what she eats, you know, how she looks. And, you know, he's so into his family. And I think that is so attractive. I think it's not only attractive, but it it should be a goal for black men and women. Like how, how into his wife and how loving of his wife and his daughter that he is. He's not not afraid to be any bit of vulnerable or affectionate or none of that. That's his wife. East beautiful. But honestly, if that was my wife, I would have no problem being affectionate, showing her love, succumbing to her every whim. Um, now what <laughs> um what I will say is, you know, I don't like to hold couples and hold people on too high of a pedestal because you never know what the fuck happened. You know, Beyonce and Jay Z were my holy grail and uh, you know, Shit came out, and about. then they started serving us some lemon lemonade in that holy grail. Right, <laughs> so they became, you know, there's still there's not a not a power couple out here that's knocking them down. Period. Period. Beyonce and Jay Z, they they got it on lock, and but you know they they went through their relationship and their marital struggles, and that's not to say that Tiana and Iman won't go through that as well. But I think that they're off to an amazing beautiful start and as far as it goes for representation of black love like they are a young black couple i think she's like 26 or 27 and he's 27 okay and so like they're just a beautiful representation of young black love like it's you know they got the baby they have the careers but they have the marriage and they have you know, the life that they're still trying to work around her being an entertainer and him being an athlete, like, and to watch their, to watch them as they go along on this journey is actually very, very beautiful because there probably are people who are, you know, of course not as rich and famous, but who probably are in those same predicaments and situations of 
trying to compromise when, you know, she gets out of getting ready to go on tour. She gets a little break and, but he has to go practice, you know, practice starts up for, for him again. Like it's, it's, it's kind of trying to compromise to see careers and lives. It's kind of cool to see how they work with each other and work around each other's lives and schedules to still incorporate their marriage and still be romantic and still be loving. And, you know, you still have your anger and everything in there and your little arguments spouts here and there, but it's beautiful to watch. It really is beautiful to watch. I want to know like what made them agree to the, to the to the show because to me I you know I guess I probably had the more wrong idea. Money. I just thought that they were a little more private. They just seemed like a little more private to me. You know, you see them out in public and everything, but you never really hear a lot about Tiana and Iman. This gives you an inside look as to some of the, the, the little things that we don't see all all the time. So. I still think it's beautiful. I think it's um, they're an amazing representation of black love and shit. What I aspire to get to, um, seeing them conquer their careers and do it together, is uh, it's it's very beautiful. I love black love. Black love dominates everything too. Personal opinion. Personal opinion. Everybody else's love is cool and shit, but black love is like high level, top level love. I mean, like I said, black love, it has this, this esque, this aura, this particular wave that it isn't seen in other people. It's the same way that we do everything else. Everything is beautiful. Just the way blacks do it, the way we dance, the way we write, the way we sing. No one can deny that it does separate us from other cultures. You, you can see it. But, um, one of the things I also wanted to talk about because um, our last guest, um, you know, she talked about her her sister who who has uh, mental illness. I know a lot of people who suffer or who had mental illness. Um, I know a lot of people who suffer from mental illness. I suffer from mental illness. Um, it is different in the black community as well. It's the black people are 20 percent more likely to suffer from a major mental illness. And I wanted to correlate that with with artistry. There are a lot of studies that show artists have a tendency to um, have anxiety or PTSD or OCD, um, as well as uh, well. If you correlate that with African Americans being the twenty percent, the more twenty percent, it gets us what I was referring to all these black people have these problems because it does say that because we are subject to we're subjected more to violence than other people so our outlet is most of the time you know creativity whether it be dance whether it be writing whether it be singing african americans are 20 percent more likely to have a major illness and how that correlates with artistry is the wave at which we create so to speak um I just wanted to point that out. I thought it was a very interesting read and theory that I came up with. That was it. On mental illness? Mm-hmm. Oh. Thank you for listening, T. What? Did you... Who's your musical artist? My music was the same as um, the main topic was Tiana. So, on the show, again, going back to the show, she, um, 
has expressed the intense level of pressure she feels trying to top her last album. If you did not hear her last album, you need to do yourself a favor. I mean, all of her music previously, she's done covers. She did Marvin's Room. That's when a lot of people um, started to hear her for the first time when she did um, her remix or cover to Marvin's Room. But her last album was something like Rare Magic. Every song, I, you know how some songs, like some albums, you you see a song and you're like, oh, I could kind of do without it. Like, even the ones that were, eh, were still great compared to the songs that were being put out there. Tiana has expressed how she feels um, a high level of pressure to top her album simply because it did do so well. She had so many good features and collabs on that album that she feels like she she can't she has no choice but to go up from there now the other reason that i like that i like watching her on the show is because i've seen her start from like her google me baby phase and then into like the marvin's room kind of cover phase and that's when she started singing more when she first was doing when she first came out first music i heard of hers was a little more rapping and less singing and then when she did the marvin's room cover it was like damn like I didn't even know she could sing like that. Like, she showed little peaks of it here and there, but for the most part, she was kind of like rapping, singing in a sense. But Marvin's Room was like one of the first times I heard her really sing. And that cover, that remix is beautiful. Um, I think, I think I'm excited to see um, how her experiences have changed her writing because in... Um, like my one of my favorite songs from her lyrically is Sorry. I think she's an, an amazing writer. She has a great voice. And to find the combination of the two in, in the industry, nowadays it's very, I mean, it's self-explanatory. Most people don't write for themselves anymore. And when they do, it's not good. It's why you hire writers. It's why you hire other people to write for you. And I think Tiana Taylor... She got her own platform and she's an amazing writer with a great voice and she can dance. It's the same way people um, enjoyed Michael Jackson and how, why they enjoy Chris Brown. There's not many people that that have that combination of a performance of singing, dancing, and putting on a fucking show. And Tiana Taylor does that. I mean, I think so. I like watching her perform. I like watching um, her sing and her lyrics are amazing. She's got a lot of opportunities also. Sometimes it's not even like... Um her debuting her music but a lot of people just love to see her dance yeah like, she's really she's great she's a phenomenal dancer and again back to her show she has a fitness she thing. said that she's not gonna lie to her followers and lie to her fans and tell everybody like oh i'm in the gym all the time she said because i'm not she said i'm not gonna lie and say i don't eat burgers and i don't eat twinkies and i don't eat junk food because i do she said but what i do to stay in shape is i dance i'm a dancer she said so i wasn't gonna Tell everybody like, oh, get in the gym and, you know, do your squats every day and then you'll be able to stay fit. She said, no, I, I, I wanted to put together a, a routine, a dancing routine, which is something that I enjoy doing that I know is effective in burning fat and is how I stay in shape. And I love that. She didn't just put on this gimmick image like, oh, here I am in the gym doing my squats, doing my, 
you know, bench presses. She said, uh, no, y'all gonna hit this two-step with me. And this is how I keep, I stay fit. I keep high energy and how I keep my body the way I keep it. And for real, for real, there's nothing about her body that is, there's nothing wrong with her body. And that's, that's another nothing thing. Nothing wrong with her body. That's another thing that should be prominent in, in, in black relationships. Um, both of you should want to build each other. Both of you should want to succeed both of you should want to learn from each other. What are you doing if you're not doing those things? So she got this on the side. He has um, basketball. And the way that their schedules work, he's. she even said on the show that right now, well, not right now, but on that episode, she was like, well, right now, um, the baby is predominantly with Iman because I have this, 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 and that. You guys work as a team. You struggle as a team. You gain as a team. like, And that's what they exude, like, he didn't. I didn't hear him complain that one time that he had his daughter. That he just wanted some attention from his wife. And I think that's I, so sexy. Their relationship is sexy. I think what I love about what I love about her music is how it's uh, over the years how unafraid she is. Like how she's unafraid to be sexual. Or unafraid to be like, you know what, fuck you, fuck this. Like, she expresses how she feels in her music and it comes out as the most beautiful, poetic, relatable, whatever word you want to attach to it. She's very open and free with her music. So I am 1000% hyped to see how she's going to make an album that's going to top her last album. Like... Not to say that it's impossible, of course, because you you don't, for the most part, you don't go anywhere but up. But sometimes her last, well, I mean, sometimes yeah, you do flop. Some people do flop, but I mean, well, her last album was so beautiful, just beautiful, and she and she has a way of knowing. Like some people will just take a collab just because of a person's name. Right. The collabs that she had, especially her and Chris Brown, dear. God, like yeah, they're really close. It's like she knows. Forget the image. Forget just having the image. Forget you know. Oh, just having this person's name attached to my music. Like she makes music with people who who she sounds good with. Who they can make real Her good music together, together. They flow. Their vo- their vocals flow amazing. I Perfectly. love how they flow together. Perfect. It, it's like it's it's. It's angelic. Like, it is so beautiful. But there's beautiful. not too many people he can't work with anyway. I mean, pretty much. He can pretty much bring anybody's... Don't you dare. He can mesh in gel with pretty much anyone. But it's beautiful to see, like... You know, I feel like... I feel like in, in that process, she's, it was selective. Because she... There were a lot of names that you... You know, a lot of people that you see her out and about with. That she that she uh, has expressed some, like, levels of friendship. That she could have just been like, hey, get on this track or whatever. Right. And, and they probably would have done it. But... The few people that she had um, on on the songs that she did collab on, it just, it fit. It just made sense. It didn't Mm -hmm. seem out of place. It didn't seem like, oh, I'm just putting this person on to have their name and to get their clout and to get their image. Because, of course, she already has her own. But it seemed so real, genuine. It meshed and it was just real beautiful all together. So I completely loved the way that she put that album together, the song choices that she made. And to see what she's going to do with it 
to do what she's to see what she's gonna do with this next next album has me like on my toes. Like I I, I can't even wait. Like I, I don't even know what to do myself. I want to know when it's dropping. <sighs> I'm anxious. Those are the ones I'm anxious for. I'm anxious for Angels and Demon. I'm anxious for Tiana. All these are good albums. I was so disappointed in Justin Timberlake. I liked ones. I liked Filthy, and that was it. Um, I still haven't listened to his album, so I don't know. It's like not. It's not. I mean, I have to listen to it, of course, just to get my. Well, I still, I have albums that I listen to. Like I, sometimes I try to listen to so many a day, but then you just get stuck on those few. Audiology has been, it's been months, and I just can't seem to let it go. I still haven't touched the Django Jane or that that. Uh, what's the whole name of the album? I, I still haven't touched the. Oh um. Uh... Janelle Monet. I don't know what the name of the album is. I still haven't touched Janelle Monet's album, so I have albums that I'm trying to listen to. But I mean, you know, I would I would put them all to the side if Tiana just randomly dropped her album right now. <laughs> Dirty Computer. I I would I would put it all to the side. Yo, in my head, I'm going disinfected computer, and I'm like, no, that's not it. I'm like, I down, couldn't, I couldn't down remember computer. it at all. I couldn't remember it. I was saying all kind of shit that I knew wasn't. <laughs> That's just the way you make me feel. Oh, wait. I guess her album isn't even out yet. Okay, so that makes me feel... Oh, that makes me feel better. But yeah, Tiana was my person. So, um, each week we do do musical segments. We should have said that before, but it was because we were, we were already talking about Tiana. <clears throat> but we do a music segment where we talk about our artists of the week or artists that we would like to, to basically pay homage to. Um, mine was uh, Roxanne Chantel, Roxanne, Roxanne. After I saw the documentary, I thought it was pretty dope. Um, her real name is uh, Lolita, Lolita Shantae Gooden. But, um, you know, most people know her as the first solo female rap artist. Um, she did a rebuttal to that song that, you know, was about a woman named Roxanne. And then she became Roxanne, Roxanne. I thought the way that they b- depicted her life um, was great. I like the actress who played her. Um, even Roxanne Shantae, she she said the only thing that she had um, issues with as far as the girl acting as her was, and I want to know what it is. I forgot to look it up. It's called WAP. She said the girl was doing, she's like, I need you, if you're going to WAP like me, you got to WAP like me. It's a dance. I, I know. I, well, I figured that much. But I'm like, what the fuck it's is my a dad's wop? favorite dance. <laughs> right. It's, you've seen it. You've seen Will Smith do it. It's like, the WAP is literally. No, like, it's not. Like, that's the WAP. Like, literally. But she's That's like, my dad's favorite dance. She said, like, in trying to coach her, like, if you're going to WAP. You got to get my rhythm, baby. Right. <laughs> you got you to gotta WAP how I WAP. Basically. <laughs> um, And then she said, um, the only time she wasn't on set was during the abusive scenes. Like, oh, it's probably tough to go back. Yeah, absolutely. And, and see you again. Um, so I can't even lie. I've only listened to... Only song I've ever listened to by Roxanne Shantae was Roxanne's Revenge. That's literally the only song I've ever heard about. Yeah, her. that's the only song most people know. Um, my dad, you know, Roxanne was She didn't get her career her. until she was 22. I haven't seen the movie or uh, the 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 documentary on her yet. So, um, but I remember <laughs> my dad played Roxanne's Revenge when I was younger and I just gravitated really? to the song. But like a lot of the a lot of the variety that I get in my music, a lot of it is when it comes to hip hop and rap comes from my dad. 
But around the same time, he had me listening to uh, when he was really jamming out when I was younger to her. Of course, he's known her years before that. But when he was jamming out to her when I was younger, back in 07, was around the same time um, he was, my dad was jamming out to KRS-One. So I kind of took KRS-One over Roxanne Chantay. You know, I always said I would get back to her. Never did. Only song I've ever heard by her literally was Roxanne's Revenge. But you- I do remember hearing um, what I, not about her. Well, about her music career was the fact that um, she made sure that her label paid for her college through whatever contract she had. That at a young age, I don't feel like, I feel like the main thing you focused on is being a celebrity, getting the music, getting the money. And she was like, okay, listen, all this music shit is cool, but when this shit is said and done... I need to have something else behind me. She didn't make money off her music. She, um, she said that she was in an era, which I agree with her, long before, were, long before she would have got even gotten the credit. Like she said, in an interview that I saw her do, she said, you know, a few of my records would be what you would consider nowadays to be, you know, platinum. But this was long before things like that got recognized and long before record labels would, would right. want to pay you for that. She quit to take care of her kids. That's what she said. She said she would take care of her kids. And then she's been, for the most part, since she's been, since she, you know, dropped her her album, all she does is, like, DJ and stuff like that. Um, but what happened was she will, she was DJing one night and she was uh, approached by Mimi Valdez and um, uh, Nina Yang to basically produce the story of her life. Um, Shantae, she actually, ex- she's an executive producer. Um, on the Netflix of, of the movie, yeah, okay. they let her executive produce. She, she, they approached her about it and was just like, "All you have to do is tell your story." And the next day, she had brunch with them, and then after that, she in the office um, making and, moves. Yeah, with the producers basically telling her, "Well, you know, we're going. This is my life." And I think for the older generation, this is like a little gem. Not Bro, older, they was talking about it not work. older, like, but y'all I mean see like Roxanne, 40. Y'all see that movie on Netflix? That's a bad motherfucker right there. Like, right. I'm going to get my coffee. I'm going to tell you about when I get back, brother man. All the, 40, all, the, all, the, all the 40s and 50 year olds, they was like, yo, fine. And I know that there's probably a lot of artists that they're like, well, now with her, maybe we're going to get one about this group. Maybe we're going to get one about this person. And... I think it was the right time. I feel like, you know, they are still a demographic and her telling her story to a bunch of her fans who are still alive. While black women is popping. While while 2018 is the year four of and will be forever continuing this trend of black, black women. <laughs> but but she was what? Roxanne was like, what was she, 13, 14 when she first started rapping? Mm-hmm, 14. So she and I just from well, it was before <coughs> the rebuttal that she did for the song came out when she was fourteen. Which rebuttal? She, what song? The song was the song that she rebuttaled. Roxanne's Revenge. Yeah, Roxanne's Revenge was a rebuttal to Q U P. Like it was a group who had a song that depicted this this woman Roxanne. Why she's so cold and why she's so this, why she's so that. Ah, okay, so one of her okay, producer okay. homeboys came up with this beat and said, I want you to do this rock. I want you to rap to Roxanne, Roxanne. And boom, she does the beat. And the next day it goes, it goes hot. She's 14 when that happens. 
But prior to that, prior to that, she was Marla Mall. That was the, I think the one that did Roxanne's Revenge. Yeah. So prior to that, she was known for battling grown men as a nine-year-old in the bar in the Bronx. Damn, that's got to be embarrassing. Yes, to to lose to a nine-year-old girl, you nigga, get your ass out of here, Roxanne, then torn you to fucking pieces. No, 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 no. To be a grown-ass man and lose anything to a nine-year-old girl—that's justification for suicide. Like. So wait, so, so let's what, not say justification. What what happened? What happened, it, man? It could be happening now, so I don't want to tell anybody. Nigga, I'll, you got embarrassed by a nine year old. Kill yourself. But I no, I'm not saying kill yourself. I'm just no, no, I no. See I, I would be embarrassed. I don't condone suicide. I'm not saying kill yourself. But if you thought about it, I understand why. <laughs> <laughs> that's fucked up. I can see how that would be embarrassing, though, to be to be slaughtering. But for her, that's dope. Like to be slaughtering dudes from. From nine years old, like y'all can't say shit to me. That's dope. But I, I do now seeing the documentary. But the see, see, I still haven't watched the documentary, and that's still because I'm trying to like go on this whole strong. The thing. documentary, the movie. That's oh, what I'm saying. yeah, it's, not, I, it's just a movie. Well, well, I still haven't seen the movie, and I probably won't see the movie for quite some time because I'm still trying to stay strong with this not watching Netflix thing. Plus. I've really been into Hulu and and living single, but that's what I got. I do. Tonight. I have not seen the final, the finale of Scandal. I have not seen it yet. We gotta wrap this up. The Let's finale go. was out. Is out already? Yes. Yes. Okay. Go ahead, girl. Say what you was gonna say. Um, I have. I haven't seen it yet because I'm still trying to keep up on this boycott Netflix kind of thing. Uh, on this boycott boycott Netflix thing, but I feel like you know, Mo, I love you, girl. I stuck it out. It's been like a month and a half, bitch. Look, we only gonna watch the black things on Netflix. I have stuck it out, girl. Like I really <laughs> have. Hulu's been my main source. I have not watched anything on Netflix in almost two months, if not two months, girl. Amazon and Hulu been getting me right, but listen, okay, sis. There's some things that happen in life. Where, you know, I took my stand for you and it seems like nothing's coming out of this shit. So, <laughs> I need my Netflix. Like, I need my Netflix, Mo. I love you, girl. The Parkers was my life. The Parkers is actually how I've, the you know, the shows that i watched kind of molded my personality and my comedy in a sense. The Parkers is definitely where a lot of my personality yeah, comes in. Is that the song? Yes. Okay. With Parkers. Ooh, that is cute. Yeah, that's that used to be my shit. Black, so black, anything. Back on black. So anyway. Black. Yeah. But Mo girl, you know, my dad even texted me like, Did you did you look at the documentary for Roxanne? I was like, No. He's like, what you talking about? Like my dad was ready to cuss me out. So I'm like, listen, I'm trying to boycott Netflix for Monique, okay? But I mean now, Mo, I did my job. To an extent, I'm sorry, sis. I gotta, you know, just let me dip. Just let me dip my toe in the Netflix real quick. Watch a few things on the sh- on Netflix, and, so and you know, watch Netflix shows. I just want to watch the movie right now because Hulu really got all the shows. I really don't want to see anything. I blame Wakanda. I I, I truly don't want to see anything unless it's black. Like I, I I really don't. So I've been Hulu been getting me right. I'm binge watching Living Single. Finna binge watch binge watch Family Matters. It's a wrap for Netflix right now anyway. But, you know, I will be checking out the movie. Um, if you haven't listened to our music, 
I would I would recommend that you do because although I haven't listened to it, she is approved by my father, and my father is a music connoisseur, so she's she's clearly a talented rapper. Um, and basically, she was just uh, her her like getting her credit and her recognition the way that she said in the interview was just like ahead of her time. Like this was at a time when record labels wasn't going to pay you for that and didn't really want to acknowledge you so that they didn't have to pay you for that. So, you know, she's clearly a legend. She's clearly a legend. And uh, if you haven't listened to her music or haven't watched the movie, I would recommend you do because I am. And that, that wraps up the show. That wraps up the show. That wraps up the show. Oh, oh, um, that wraps if you up the show. Follow, oh, if you want to oh. follow me, my my Instagram page is filled with my poems, my quotes, things that I tweet, things that I say. Um, anything written that comes from me, that's where my IG is. Mainly poetry. Um, I got some new poetry coming out as soon as I can finish it. It's going to be on my page. I'll be posting it to the, to All Vibes page. But I'm Poet Legend 87 on all my social media. My Facebook is just my name, which you can look on the podcast page. Just check us out. Um, I am big underscore gal, G-Y-A-L underscore T. That is my Twitter and my Instagram. I'm not really on Twitter. Um, you can definitely catch me on Instagram though. Um, I'm probably going to change my Snapchat. So, you know, that might, that Snapchat might be coming soon. Um, just a heads up. Like I said, I will be putting out a personal, uh, vlog, blog, it is going to be called Tales with T, um, Tales with Big Gal T. Um, so stay tuned for that. It's going to be a lot of me doing makeup, doing my makeup while basically I give everyone an inside to the short stories and the music that I write. So I'll be reciting poems and music and stories while I beat my face and talk my shit so stay tuned for that also uh the the podcast follow us on twitter all vibes on me follow us on instagram all vibes on me podcast you can find us on facebook all vibes on me podcast um of course if you're listening on mixler of course you found us with all vibes on me podcast we will we will be getting ready to soon um post things on our blogger account um, so that information will be posted soon. SoundCloud, All Vibes On Me podcast. iTunes, All Vibes On Me. So um, once we post the SoundCloud, it automatically goes to uh, iTunes. If you have an iPhone, you automatically get the podcast app for free on your phone. It comes built in with the phone for you to be listen to, to for you to be able to listen to all the available podcasts um, with iTunes. So um, thank you for tuning in. We appreciate those who listen don't forget to share don't forget to like don't forget to comment on everything repost and support and we will uh be back to y'all next week so you know thanks for tuning in and we appreciate it guys bye